Hey, what's going on guys? My name is Kenneth Jackson. I'm an actor from Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm Trey Riley. I'm a writer-director from Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is Cinevibes. All right. What did you watch this past week, my, my friend? My God, I watched so much. I watched, let me see if I can remember everything that I watched. Uh, all right, so I binged a few uh, series. So I watched the first season of The Legend of Korra. Never saw that before. Um, but my friend, he told me it was really good. So I was like, I, I'll check it out. So I watched that <laughs> whole first season and I was kind of like, eh. It's alright. Um, as far as Avatar goes, it kind of expanded further on the world, but at the same time, I feel like it got sidetracked by the love interest a little too much, and probably just not my cup of tea. And that's different than the Avatar you were talking about a few weeks ago? Uh, yeah. So, like, the original Avatar series, that was some prime stuff. That was solid <laughs> content. Top, top-notch content. Um, TM. Yes. <laughs> it was, um, but Legend of Korra, it expanded on the universe and the lore, uh, better. And I think it had some good, um, some good things about it, but also the love interest I just could not get over. I was like, why, why, yeah, why is this a thing? Because I just want to see people earth bend, metal bend, all this <laughs> stuff. Um, but then, I started watching Cobra Kai, and I binge-watched okay. both seasons that are on Netflix right now. So, what was the deal with that? Because I thought it was already out, but it, like, did the second season come out, or what? why is it, like, the a new The third release? season, I believe. Oh, There's okay. three seasons. I haven't seen the third. Uh, gotcha. I'm pretty sure it's out, but, you know, the first two, I thought it was really good. Um... I think, again, like, it was very prevalent that love interests was a huge thing about it. But what it did was it was very mirror, it mirrored the Karate Kid, the original. And, mm -hmm. of course, it calls back to it because it is about the whole lore in Karate Kid. And Yeah, I was going to ask how much of the original movie did it embody. So, it really did because... Um, in the story, just a quick synopsis of the first few episodes that set the tone of the series, you have the initial Cobra Kai student that came in second to Ralph Macchio's character. Mm -hmm. And they... He is pretty much a bum at this point. He This is years later, correct? This is years later. Like This is in today's world... And it's hilarious because they talk about social media, all that sort of stuff. Um, and they make fun of like <laughs> how older people don't know how to use technology. But it's a, a new kid moves in to his complex and he introduces himself to Lawrence. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that's his last name. I can't remember the first name right now, but Johnny. So he introduces himself to Johnny and he's like, hey, I just moved here. And Johnny's like, get out of my face. And <laughs> then he sees that the kid gets beat up by bullies and he jumps in and protects him from the bullies. Just like 
Miyagi did in Mm -hmm. The Karate Kid. And so it reflected it in the fact that now the guy that we thought was bad and was the bad egg of like Karate Kid, he saves this kid and is very uh, mirrory of Karate Kid. And then um, it continues to do it throughout. But what it does primarily and what I enjoyed is it shows Johnny's perspective on Karate Kid and how you know he was living his best life and enjoying his life and then uh ralph macchio's character comes around and starts making trouble and now he's Mm -hmm. you know he loses his girl he loses his friend he loses the competition he does all this stuff right and so it's kind of reflective of where he's been since yeah and it just it show it shines a light on not everyone's bad just because they appear bad to one person. It's all, you know, everyone fights with their own demons and they're the way they are because of how they were raised and like the environment they were right. in at the time. So it definitely pushes that a lot throughout the series. And I enjoyed it. Cobra Kai. Um, yeah. Sounds like uh, a nice little secondary spin on things and picking up where it was left off which is nice yeah so i easily could have ruined it and glad to hear they did not do that yeah so i think that was mainly what i watched if i watched any other movie i can't you really... watched two seasons of that i'd say that probably took up a pretty good video yeah there. it took me two days uh to watch the full thing um but what have you been watching what did you end up watching over the week well I have two. I watched. I started a new show, but I want to save that till next week because right. I want to see if I actually want to talk about it. I've only watched one episode so right. far. Um, but the first movie, this one's actually one that anyone can watch right now on YouTube or uh, Vimeo, mm-hmm. and that's my brother Jordan mm, from yeah. a local filmmaker, Justin Robinson, here in the Carolinas. He. When his late brother, Jordan, passed away, set out to make a documentary on his life. And so he's been doing that for the past eight years. Mm -hmm. And just, I mean, it's a tearjerker, but, like, if you think it won't impact your life or feel personal to you, then you've got another thing coming because it's about his brother for sure. But, like, I think anyone can, like, just drop themselves down in that world and in that uh, experience and, you know, live with it and feel it. And honestly, I think it's the best doc I've ever seen. Right. And that's not just because I know him or that, you know, it was like someone around here, like it truly is really, really good. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend um, that to anyone because it's just chef's kiss yes i i've been meaning <laughs> to get around to it um and i definitely will make the time in the next few days to watch it yeah um i'll try and see if we can get uh justin on here sometime because mm. i think he'd be really into that and you know we can talk about his recent stuff and that a little bit too yeah especially once you've seen it nice so was that the only one that you were going to talk about because i remembered one other thing that i watched oh yeah go for it i got one more but it's a little more of a if you have a free t- you know, free time yeah maybe watch it not a 
So I finally got around to watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Ooh. Let's do an episode right now on it. <laughs> so that, I thought it was absolutely, it was very artistic. And I love that. I'm a very like art house um, and not a bunch of explosions. I'm more of like the very small drama type, if anything. And yeah. one where it's a lot slower of a mm -hmm. pace than a lot of other films. Because it adds a lot more meaning to the characters, in my opinion. Um, but I watched that and I found myself like, you know, laughing at points where I was like, <laughs> just them looking at each other. And I was like, you know, it, it was very reminiscent of they like the actors portraying the emotions amazingly to where I was yeah. smiling when they smiled. And uh, so not only that, but just the direction of everything. I'm, a, I'm also going to say this. I mean, if we're going to do an episode later, I'll probably mention this, too. But. I got spooked when I saw she was walking in the house and she turns around and she sees the like what seems like a ghost. Mm, I was yeah. like, yeah, don't I, I turned immediately into the guy <laughs> in the theater watching a horror movie that's like, no, just run. Get out of the house. Go the other way. <laughs> no, don't just stand there. Run. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, we definitely should do an episode on that because. I bought the Criterion collection version of it. Like mm. it just hit me in all the right ways. So. Yeah. Highly um, recommend that. Absolutely. That's on it just came on to something, right? For free now? Prime? Um I actually I rented it. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's somewhere for free though. Hmm. We'll have to track it down. I will multitask and do that while explaining that. I also watch Project Power ah. on Netflix, which my few praises on it are it looked beautiful. Yeah. And outside of that, it was shot really interestingly. Right. Meaning that there was a lot of oblique angles used and a lot of kind of interesting blocking. Mm -hmm. And I found that really intriguing, especially for quote-unquote, a run-of-the-mill action movie. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of loses itself in its idea because it's kind of a out-there idea of taking pills and, you know, get superpowers kind of yeah. thing. Um, which, you know, it's a cool concept. Mm -hmm. But it kind of doesn't fully do it for me. But yeah. I enjoyed it. Like, it was a fun watch. So I would say that's why I mentioned, like, if you got, you know, two hours of spare and just bored. Yeah. It's definitely worth watching. I think I remember hearing some, or it was, uh, we were talking about him, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was mm -hmm. talking about it in breaking down his career that he did just recently, breaking down his uh, filmography. And he talked about Project Power being one of those where just grab a bucket of popcorn and have fun. <laughs> yeah, I would totally agree. Like that's, the best way to watch it, don't like think about it too much mm -hmm. and just let it happen because it's got some really great effects too. Yeah. Um, they really kind of developed some cool ways to capture fire and um, kind of revolutionize that, I think. Yeah. So that's really cool. Nice. Which if everyone, I mean, you all know it because you've seen the movies, but fire is really hard to do 
and mm-hmm. also water. Right. So when you do one or both of those really well, people will notice. Yeah. Uh, Portrait is on Hulu, mm. and then maybe also Amazon to buy or rent. So okay, and then uh, Project Powers Netflix original. So yeah, everything we talked about you can watch right now. That's right. It's available to you right now. Yo, I'm gonna just drop this because I'm excited about it. Um, theaters are open near me, and Bro. and Tenet is playing. All right, I'm going to be down there in about five hours, and we're going to watch Tenet. Yes. You got an IMAX near you? It's. I think there was an IMAX. I feel like you have to watch. Like, if you're going to risk your life, you got to watch it in IMAX, right? You got to watch it in IMAX, yeah. <laughs> I, it's, and I saw it. It was in theaters, but I'm pretty sure it's like, you know, there's a bunch of seats blocked off. You, it's very minimal how many people can get tickets and stuff like that. I think I'm going to wait until after we film Youth. That way, in case it goes terribly wrong for me, I can just sit at home. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to try and get to it in the next month. I'm um, just happy to look that up because I was like, I heard that tenant was in theaters nearby. And I was like, let me check. <laughs> and it's there are theaters that are open right now showing movies. So yeah, a, a bunch of them. Um, any state that doesn't have like the state restrictions, I think it's available. Mm hmm. Good old Lanta. Hotlanta. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to jump into it today. If everyone is living under a rock and somehow missed this, there was a DC event called DC Fandom. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much unveiled their whole next two years worth of work that they have lined up. Kind of like a comic-con type event but it was open to the public so maybe you guys checked it out but we wanted to dive in and see any little slivers of info or insight we might have found from trailers Mm -hmm. and talk about some of the reactions i know there were some of those out there for uh snyder cut and also the batman which kenneth is smiling very large right now I am vengeance. So, uh, yeah, let's dive in. Um, first off, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Great movie. A lot of people don't like it, though. Mm. I'm just going to throw that out there. Wow. In my wow. semi-private group film message, every time I post about it, I get shut down. What? So... I'm always out there pushing for it, but <laughs> You're I'm just getting a lot of backlash. You're in a storm pushing against it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe people are, maybe it's a little corny or something. I mean, sure, but like Marvel movies are too, so I don't. Right. Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, 1984, the sequel, ever since that first trailer dropped, I've been stoked. Mm -hmm. Um, They jumped in 1984, obviously. And I was just mentioning this to Kenneth. Like, that was the year I should have been a teenager. I feel like I was born about a decade and a half too late. Mm -hmm. And I I just eat up anything in the 1980s. That's why I love Stranger Things. Like, 
amazing. Love that time period. Just something about that synth wave ambiance that just... Yeah. It just seems like everyone was okay. Yeah. And maybe happy. If not happy, they were okay. Right. They weren't, like, mad about anything. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Super excited for it. Um, I don't really... So when you watch a trailer, and this is kind of something I don't like, is that they showed us that Steve Trevor is still alive. Mm-hmm. Save that for the movie. Like, don't show us that in the first trailer. Right. I mean, I, I've i got a whole thing about trailers, but that's another podcast, maybe. Right. I feel like maybe with that scenario, maybe it was so hard for them not to include him. Because like you said, it's the love interest for Wonder Woman. And I feel like every single scene that Wonder Woman was in, or not not every single scene that she was in, he was in, but it seemed like they were very much in the same area at the same time, most of the film. So Yeah, like in the original, you know, they're fighting alongside pretty much the second half of the movie and on. So you're not wrong there. I just, spoiler alert, he yeah. dies at the end of the first one. So if you're going to bring him back, like, give us a little tease. Some hype. Yeah. Like, have her say his name, then don't show him or something. Yeah. Like, maybe it's just a ghost or whatever. Right. Maybe it is all a ghost. Maybe he's just in her mind. Maybe it's all it's in not her even mind. him. I don't know. It's not a Nolan film, so that's probably not true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, outside of that, you know, Gal Gadot's back and um, got some new faces in there. Kristen Wiig, which is interesting. I raised um, some eyebrows to that one. I was like, both of them Hello? were raised. Yeah, I was watching his reactions of the trailers before we jumped on and uh, surprised nonetheless. I was like, wait, she's in here? What? Now, until. DC fandom, we hadn't seen her character as Cheetah. Mm-hmm. And now that we have, again, I kind of wish we hadn't. Right. Because it looks a lot like a cat's character. Yeah. And cats should have never even been thought about. Not, <laughs> not only not made, never thought about. Yeah. As a movie, because I know it's like a great uh, Broadway uh, show. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, a little bit mixed, and I'm a big Wonder Woman person, but mm-hmm. I, I'm i going to be there whenever I can to watch it, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't really know much else beyond that, except a few little hesitations after having seen both trailers. Yeah. I, I saw the trailers, and, you know, I remember the very first Wonder Woman, it was one of the most successful films that DC had had, you know, they had tried, I believe Conan or a film like that, like the barbarian. And they were like, yo, this is going to be blockbuster. Everyone's going (laughs) to love this. This is going to make us so much money. And it absolutely flopped. But then comes wonder woman and saves them. And uh, so I definitely think that if it with the same director and the same team that made the first one, I believe it can do the same stuff because now I believe it has even more money to throw behind it. The first film, they didn't really have as much money behind them, but now I heard they have a way bigger budget. Yeah, hopefully they don't 
do the fatal flaw of trying to be too big that every single sequel does. Yeah. Um, Speed but outside two of that, on a cruise liner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not only do we not need it, that was the wrong setting. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we'll see. Uh, maybe it can change some people's minds about the first one and kind of Wonder Woman. I think people love Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Like they love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Yeah. But they just don't get into the movies. Right. Or they're like, they're okay. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, I love them. I still listen to the soundtrack like weekly. Mm-hmm. It just hits me in all the right ways. So yeah. I'm excited about it. One last thing on Wonder Woman, then we'll jump to the next one. Um, the runtime was released. And guess how long it is? Uh Two hours thirty. Yes. Woo. Thirty-one wow. actually. Two hours. One hundred and fifty-one minutes. Man. Which is almost as long as Justice League, which we'll get to that in a second. But that's I know a people long are time. getting. That's a lot of stuff yeah, they're throwing like, in. I know people are like longer. Well, I don't know if it's longer attention spans, but they're more open to. Longer movies than you know they used to be, but dang, that's a that's a time commitment. That is a yeah, especially like most movies now they're usually 120 minutes, so that's a that's something that they're pretty much like we're confident we have a solid yeah. movie because at some point with a movie that goes past you know 140 minutes. You're mm-hmm. kind of, sometimes it can get a bit to where you're just, you know, blowing up your own ego with your movie, right? But they, I feel like they're confident in what they have to offer. Yeah, with studio films, if you go past two hours, there's probably a pretty good reason that they're letting you do that instead yeah. of saying trim off 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that's the case. But, you know, I'm thinking about like, <clears throat> excuse me, people with little kids and stuff getting them because you know they're the one some of those young girls and kids are going to want to see that movie and they're going to have to sit through a movie keeping them entertained for that long is going to be a challenge Mm -hmm. especially after being bottled up for six months yeah and then you give them a soda and a big bag of popcorn and then just say sit for two and a half hours throw a mask on them Yep. It's a ticking time bomb, guys. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of ticking time bombs, uh, Justice League, mm-hmm. the first original release, you know, came out panned by mostly everyone. Yep. Myself included. Um, it had a very kind of shaky production. I mean... Snyder had some family issues he was dealing with, so he had to step pieced away. out. Yeah, and you got Josh Whedon coming in there, and as good as he might be with Avengers, or did he do two Avengers or one? Mm. I think he did the original, and then maybe Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Anyways, seems like a good choice. Throw him in there. Let's finish this movie up. Wrong. Um. <laughs> And I I don't know exactly what it is, but Justice League should work, and it didn't. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was uh, something that, and I had told Trey before, I was going to watch Justice League, <laughs> but then I talked to my friend Justin, who is an absolute fan. I mean, we're talking like mega fan of the Justice League and the comics and everything and all of that universe. And he t- specifically told me, don't watch this. It's absolutely atrocious and so i stayed away from it and so now everyone after what a year of panning for the snyder cut it's yeah, now there's a huge movement with that huge movement people taking to twitter and then also snyder I, I remember when he was dropping some teasers on the snyder mm-hmm. cut and saying Little stuff nuggets. on twitter and so now it's finally come to fruition and we have a new trailer for the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Also dropped during the fandom event. You can just tell, like, from the from the this first trailer, uh it's got a whole different tone than the original movie. And all they've done is you know, film some additional scenes, add in some things, uh elongate it yeah and cut out all the old stuff mm-hmm. but i heard old like, stuff meaning the uh josh stuff like snyder was very vocal and explicit about what he shot and said i don't want any of that in my movie right i when i watched the trailer and i heard hallelujah and that really like low tone i was mm-hmm. like i don't know whether I, I I really don't care, this has me hooked right now, because <laughs> you like, buckled your seatbelt, didn't you? I buckled my seatbelt and I'm ready to blast off. <laughs> I heard there was a super yeah, cool. I think it's just gonna deliver a whole different type of movie experience to us, mm-hmm. and not only from all of the creative decisions, but also from the release strategy so the only reason this is happening is because hbo max jumped on board as a distributor and so you got the green light from them some kind souls found 20 to 30 million dollars that they had laying around and said you know just is this enough to finish what you need to do and then (laughs) he said yeah and then all of us indie filmmakers said oh we could have made five features but oh well doesn't matter that's where you do justice league Mm-hmm. And we have it coming to us in four parts that four are an parts. hour each. Yes. So if you thought 151 minutes was long, well, I can't even do the math, but I think it's <laughs> a lot. And uh, what lot. is that? Six times four, 240 minutes. 240. I don't know, but some mega fans, they would sit there. They would sit there in a heartbeat and be like, yeah. I'm there for so, it. So, uh, I'm actually kind of curious. Like, it makes sense for HBO that, you know, they're going to probably release an hour segment each week for a month and kind of really make a thing out of it, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not a huge fan of that mm-hmm. because I, I want to see it as a whole movie. Right. But I think we will get that eventually. And... I've heard that it'll be cut back together as 
its own full movie at some point down the road mm-hmm. after maybe its HBO run. Yeah. It's definitely a huge move for HBO and their streaming service. So, I know they're happy. Yeah, I feel like, honestly, it couldn't have really went anywhere else right now. And so I applaud them for putting on their pants and making it happen. Mm -hmm. Also, I heard that Zack Snyder has said that it's not... Uh, canical, like in the canon right. of the universe mm-hmm. in terms of the continuity. So I'm not fully sure exactly what that means, but I think it might mean that he's going to take a little bit more liberty with yeah. things and not necessarily point to upcoming projects or try and tie into previous projects. Trying it might just be like whatever the heck he wants. Yeah. Like I'm making my own thing and it's in this space somewhere. But I'm not trying to connect dots. That's a lot of faith that he has because when you try and go out on your own limb with a superhero movie, sometimes the fans, they backlash. But I believe a lot of people have faith in Snyder. I mean, think about the whole arc of Marvel. I mean, they plan every single movie for a decade, it seems like. and connect all that you got this massive whiteboard and there's just red string all over it no favreau's got that board in his mind going to different points and so you wonder if kind of breaking away from that a little bit is a mistake but at this point the movie's already out do what you want i say yeah all righty so those were two of the announcements a third that was a really big one was the Suicide Squad teaser kind of soft reboot, I think is what we're calling it. Right. But also a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, go figure, whatever that means. But if anyone saw the first one, which I didn't, because the same reason Kenneth didn't see Justice League, everyone pretty much said they'd rather play in traffic. <laughs> Then rather play see, real life Frogger than do that. <laughs> then go see that movie. <laughs> and the only praise I've heard about it is the soundtrack was cool. And I've heard a few of the songs. Mm-hmm. I'll agree. But somehow they got the permission to continue this thing. And I was very sketchy on it until my man James Gunn gets brought on board. And we all know him from Guardians, oh, yeah. which he just straight crushed. Oh, yeah. But you bring him on board, and now I'm like, all right, I'm with it. I'm down. Bring Let's him see what on happens. board, and then you got Taika in there as well. Like, What is Taika doing? He's he's on IMDb as actor, so <laughs> they've yet to announce. Dude, what if he's Korg? <laughs> A crossover. He might be. <laughs> I would love that so much just drops him in the universe hey man hey man (laughs) (laughs) oh that's that's straight gold (laughs) so yeah taika and then also james gunn like i i loved the guardians so i know that i have faith in what he's got to go yeah i think he said for him it was kind of like making a 1970s war movie Mm. 
and that's all you need to say to me and I'll be there. Yeah. Like I'm thinking of like Apocalypse Now, you mm-hmm. know, that's set in the Vietnam War. Yeah. And um I feel like it's just gonna have a nice tone and balance and very original idea because he is so good about doing that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully for DC, it kind of erases that smudge that was the 2016 yeah. uh, original. So I think there was also a game associated with it. Oh, yeah. Coming out. I saw um, the trailer for the game and I was like, you know, I would get this. I would get yeah. this. It's a, it looked solid. It looked pretty comical. And then uh, the whole entire premise that they had of having to fight Superman was kind of like... I'm pretty sure it's called like Suicide Squad... Uh, uh, it's like Kill Superman or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's right. Uh, let me double check myself. Kill yeah. the Justice League. Suicide mm. Squad killed the Justice League. And I was like, this is going to be pretty wacky. I mean, they already... Harley Quinn in general, whenever Harley Quinn is just involved in any project as the main protagonist it, or the main character, it's always going to be pretty wacky. No matter yeah. what. I completely agree. Um, and Suicide Squad comes out next year mm-hmm. almost right around this time in August so gotta wait on that one but should be a worthy wait and now what we've all been waiting for Drum roll, please. and literally what everyone was waiting for with this event <laughs> I mean it was like it it's pretty late at night when it came on oh and, yeah um there was a lot of talking beforehand with Matt Reeves, which was cool, but we're like, just show us something. Like, yes. I don't, just show us. I don't care what you're saying, like, show us. Yes. And my gosh, it did not disappoint. No, it did not. That, when I saw it, I knew I'd be watching this on repeat for a good few hours. Like, I, and I even still, like, I would go back to watch it because it was so good. I loved the trailer so much because it was so well paced. And then what it revealed was like the tone of what the movie will be. Mm. Chef's kiss. Like if dark is a tone, they like took that five more notches. (laughs) And like, this is just incomplete blackness of midnight type of tone and the world it's built in. Um, it's very grungy. Absolutely. It, very dirty and ma- like makeshift put together. Yeah, and from my understanding, this is like kind of its own thing. So again, it's a reboot in that way. Mm-hmm. But it's early on when he's kind of just figuring out what Batman is, like what Bruce Wayne as Batman is. Yeah. So it's not really a comparison, but I'll make the comparison because I feel like it could be similar. You know how like the second Spider-Man, the original, you know, three movies, the yeah. second one, how he is just kind of like still trying to figure out like, am I a good guy? Am I 
Like, what am I doing? Yeah. I feel like it's like at that time period, mm-hmm. but obviously like with a, a lot darker tone. Yeah. I definitely agree because, I mean, let's talk about the middle yeah. and that. Let's talk about that fight because that's what most people are talking about right now with this trailer and what they're how excited long, about. How long is that trailer? The trailer, I think it was about two minutes. So that's right in the middle there? When that fight happens? It's about probably in the uh, three-fourth. So okay. somewhere around that area. But that walk fight... Alright, yep. so I'll walk you through it. This is pretty much my overview of it. Alright, so we got some bad guys. A lot of people have been talking about these baddies. Whether they're... You know, they had paint on their face. And so they're like, is this Joker's clan? Because they're like... Why would they have that sort of smile on their face if mm-hmm. it's, you know, some other person? Like, it would have to be some form of Joker. And so that leaves a lot to question whether there will be some, well, whether Joker will be at least mentioned in the film, right? Or if he will actually make an appearance. We don't know. But yeah. then my man goes and asks, hey, who are you? Right? And that's a very nice, pleasant way of saying that. (laughs) And then he goes up and he's like, I'm just going to give you a a very straightforward right hook with a bat. And um, let's just say Robert Pattinson did not take kindly to such a thing. (laughs) Because he goes and he gives him like, what, five solid shots to the face. And... Then after that, it gives him a solid clock to the noggin that drops him to the ground. (laughs) And everyone at that point is like, okay, cool. Yo, he can fight. And then he goes and hits him even more on the ground. Just wails on him twice after that. And then he's like, I'm vengeance. And then everyone lost their mind after he said that. I lost my mind because he didn't say, I'm Batman. It was something else. He didn't say the most overly uh, quoted thing from all of the Nolan or any other Batman film who was like, I'm Batman. He said, I am vengeance. I'm vengeance. And then that goes with his comic book saying of I'm vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Right? Which you mentioned to me uh, previously that you imagine that's probably what he says in full, you know, after he says I'm vengeance, he probably says the whole thing and mm-hmm. just, or at some point in the movie, maybe and he that's says that. absolutely a mic drop. And <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure like everybody in that group, after they saw what Robert Pattinson did to that one guy, like he's they're 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 wet in their pants at that point. New underwear. Yeah. yeah they're, they're scared. And that's what we all loved about it was because we were talking about the dirty, like dark, mm-hmm. just tone of the film. And we that's what we need in a Batman. We don't need the Batman that just is absolutely, you know, holding back 100 percent. And, you know, the choreography I know is going to be fantastic in this film. But we need yeah. a Batman that's not afraid to <laughs> to to fight. Because, I mean, he's got to learn that discipline. Mm-hmm. He, you know, has all these abilities, this wealth, the 
capability, but there's no direction. Right. So it's just kind of all being thrown at this poor soul in front of him that decided to say one thing too many. Mm-hmm. And just back to that for a moment, I got mind blown twice. The first time was just because like you watch that and he beats him to the ground and he just keeps hitting him and the sound design, like this guy is skull, like he's a pancake. He he doesn't have a body anymore. That's how it sounded. Obviously you don't see it, but that makes me think this movie is going to be rated R also, Mm -hmm. Um, which totally fine with, but that was just cool by itself. And I'm not a big Batman guy, so I didn't know the, like that's his catchphrase for real. Usually Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I've heard him say I'm Batman. And then it's like, okay, we know. Um, <laughs> but, but so, like, the first time, yeah, really cool. I'm into it. But then you told me about his catchphrase. like, freak. Like, I'm even more sold now because... It's very closely resembling to, like, yeah. the comics. And it does... So, it, is, it, is, it does follow. And that's what I heard is it's based on the... Um, What's it? I, I believe it's called The Long Halloween or something like that. And the first year of Batman. And it's it's heavily influenced by that is what I've heard. Which is one of the most dark periods of Batman. And I think you're right in the fact that we think we're going to be dealing with a, a more unhinged Batman than we've seen before. Because yeah. I think this Batman... That we see, you talked about the hits and everything, and a little uh, thing that I liked about it, because you mentioned the sound design, and even the fighting style that you see from Batman in that little snippet, it's very reminiscent of the video games. Arkham Knights, Arkham Asylum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of that, and that's why I'm stoked, is because that fighting style was fantastic, and the sound design in it... I swear, if you go back and play Arkham Knight or <laughs> Arkham Asylum, you'd probably hear the same like punches, the sound they just bites. imported that uh, sound library, started <laughs> dropping in punches. They just dropped it into the film. Uh, Save some money. I love that, and you're absolutely right. It did sound like you got absolutely crushed, and <laughs> you know, I think that. I heard someone say, like, Batman, he's not afraid to give someone, like, brain damage or, like, just mess somebody up. He's not going to kill them, yep. but he'll do whatever it takes to get what he wants. Life and he's in a wheelchair, but not death. Yes. As long as you're not dead, he's morally still higher than you are. Yep. I think it's cool, too, that, you know, we always hear him talked about as a vigilante. Mm-hmm. And in the movies we watch, we don't maybe believe that i know i don't because i know like he's got his moral compass and you know there's a large population in the city that loves him and reveres him yeah but i think for the first time we're actually gonna see the batman where people actually do think he's unhinged and the vigilante and the you know probably people think he's murdering people in cold blood and just like creating all this chaos um, mm-hmm. for no apparent reason. I think we're going to see a lot of that, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm excited about is that this Batman, I feel, is what causes people to be so scared of the Batman. 
because the other Batmans in the the other films, yeah, they're pretty. They sneak up on you. They fight like they'll beat you in a fight, no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. So if you see them, you you're pretty pretty scared, but you're not like you know, oh, he's gonna kill me, right? <laughs> he's still a very up like he upholds the law and doesn't kill people and. You know, he may break an arm or a leg, but he's not going to do much. This Batman seems like he will mess you up. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he'll take you to the brink. He will walk you to the river of sticks and leave you on the <laughs> bank. I've got a question that you might know the answer to. Has <laughs> sure. he ever killed anyone? Has Batman like, ever there, killed anyone? Is there a, a moment where, aside from, you know, what happened with his parents, that, like, cause him to have that sort of nobility about him or is that just like a shtick well for him i think it was because he i think it's just the way he trained and when he was training uh it probably was his moral compass from his parents i can't really speak too high like too much on it because i don't know the full canonical answer to it but I think it okay. definitely is an internal compass of his that's like, I don't want to kill. Um, and that's something that Batman is known for, is that he won't kill somebody. But right. that may come from his training with Ra's al Ghul, but we did see in the first movie... Batman um, Begins? Batman Begins, where he pretty much lets Ra's fall out the train, right? I'm, I believe I'm right in that uh movie that that was the one where he drops him out the train that's Um, the only movie where i have only seen it once and didn't watch it again mm -hmm. well there is a scene where he drops him and that was a big moment (laughs) because it pretty much was batman accepting that he will kill somebody if he drops him and that was a big moment for batman and batman fans because that was him letting go of Roz and Roz was about to blow up the building mm-hmm. that had like all of the parliament and everything in it. Um, but that was the first time we'd ever seen that. That was him knowingly saying, I'm going to let you die. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. If anyone knows the answer, if it's, you know, what we're talking about here, let us know. Shoot us a comment or a, an email or whatever. Cause I'm really curious. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered, like the why behind it, yeah. Because it's always trying to push towards almost killing, almost killing. But then, you know, not that I'm obviously <laughs> embracing <laughs> killing people, but uh, Trey is trying to find a reason not to kill people. Please, in, in the film, in the world of Batman, uh, I am curious what keeps him from doing that yes. because. I mean, I love Superman to death, but he's killed like a million people on Earth. Like that yeah. one fight alone oh. in Man of Steel, they killed a million people. Yeah. And, and he knocks down a building. It's like, you just don't care anymore. And that's, you know, whatever, it's a movie. Whatever but, it takes. Um. Yeah, so outside of Batman here, we've got some really interesting people stepping in to some iconic roles Mm -hmm. you got jeffrey wright as gordon oh yeah jeffrey wright can play any role he wants and i'm there for it Mm -hmm. and then perhaps the one that you literally would not know 
Unless oh, someone yeah. just told you. And you got Colin Farrell as the penguin. Yes. I I watched the trailer and I was like Um wait, I know that's Colin Farrell, but is that Colin Farrell? <laughs> yeah. Like the makeup department, they deserve a raise on that one. <laughs> there was people like commenting about that. They're like, Well, how do we know it's Colin Farrell? I feel uh, like there's they some told us it facial was, features and like, you can recognize, but it's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. I, someone else, a friend of mine was like, because there's apparently an actor that looks just like him. Mm-hmm. That would have been like much cheaper, I assume. But um, it's just like, whatever Colin Farrell brought to it, you know, it's like, we don't care what we got to do to make you look however you look. Like, you're doing the exact role we want you to do. Oh, yeah. I have so much faith in Colin Farrell, too, because... I've seen a lot of his work and it's it's solid stuff. So I know he's not just going to slouch on this role. Yeah. Um Who else do we got in there? Paul Dano is the Riddler. Paul Dano. I'm excited to see him because the only Did we see him in the trailer? We saw him in a mask. We don't see his face. Was he at the beginning? With the yes, duct tape. He's people? the duct tape. Okay. Um so Paul Dano is one actor that I haven't seen much of, but I want to see more of. And I'll probably go through his filmography. But the first time I ever saw him in a prominent role um was in I believe it's called The Prisoners. Is, is that the one with Hugh Jackman and... Just Prisoners, yeah. Yes, Prisoners. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw him in that, and I thought it was... Fan- it, that's interesting that you're bringing that one up. Continue. Yeah, I thought that his role in that, he did it very well as some very troubled mm-hmm. child. Uh, and then here, it's a more upfront, more, you know, antagonistic, more, uh, a more evil role in the fact that he's upfront about being evil right yeah i think there's uh comparisons made with like the zodiac killer to like his like what he's bringing to this role Mm. and you know to your point about prisoners he's a very troubled person Mm -hmm. in that movie so he probably had some form we know he's got it in him but he's gonna crank it to 11 it seems like oh yeah also, he is an amazing director. Uh, I'm going to plug Wildlife for a moment because that was his first uh, directing gig and him and his wife wrote it together. Mm-hmm. And it'll change your life. Yeah. So I, I'll he's a very definitely put that on my list. Um, Got a pretty high-profile cast. You got Zoe Kravitz, John Turturro, Peter Skarsgård, um, Andy Serkis is in there, so it should be a really good movie. It's a bunch of character actors. That's what I heard mostly whenever the cast was being announced, was it's a bunch of character actors, and a lot of people, they get... they. 
they'll throw that term around and they probably don't know exactly what that means but character actors they classify them as people who they're usually supporting roles but you can never tell who they are like it's not them they go so far into the roles that they change how they are as a person for the role right Mm -hmm. so walking phoenix with the joker that is one where people would say that's like a character uh performance because he changed so much for this but when you have robert pattinson who's done so much and his range is so broad (laughs) right he's been known as being a character actor as well because in the lighthouse he's completely out of left field when it comes to the end of it right He's yeah. he's just through the roof with his wackiness, and then you got, uh, you know, High Life, which was extremely, uh, very bizarre. Yes, film. very strange. And then you have Good Time. Uh, you have all these movies that show that he's got a huge range, and he'll change himself for a role. Right? He's not just showing Absolutely. up, and it's him. Right? And then you got. Uh, Zoe Kravitz, who I don't really know too much about her filmography. I still have to go back and look at uh, or watch a bunch of her stuff. But I know that she's fantastic. I've listened to interviews with her and I know people extremely respect her work. She was great in Big Little Lies. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a smaller supporting character in that, but just really noticeable and brought something unique to it. So. Yeah, so these roles are filled by people who are mostly known for going deep into their roles. And so what I can only assume is this film is going to be absolutely bananas, but also (laughs) in the best way possible. (laughs) B-A-N-A-N-A-S. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be wacky, but I think it's going to be the in the good way in the fact that everybody's bringing their A-game. Yep. And I'm so glad that, well, Lord willing, of course, everything's better in 2021, but I'm just super stoked to get into a theater to experience this movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't even care that it's a year away. Looks like October 1st, I can 2021. Imagine it now. I can imagine myself in the theater right now and just as it starts playing, my heart's going to yeah. be pumping. I'm going to be so stoked. Every single frame in that film, I'm going to be <laughs> like cheering for. I can already tell you. You just like got that little nervousness in you and then just keeps getting fulfilled the whole movie. You're like, is this over. really happening? Yeah. It's going to be something else, man. Alrighty. So... Something I mentioned in some of my circles was that I appreciated DC doing this event because they've gotten a bad rap in the past and they've had some flops. Well, I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Suicide Squad, obviously. Yeah. Um, Batman vs. Superman wasn't that great. The director's yeah. cut was better. Justice League, subpar. Mm-hmm. But they've kind of, in my opinion, turned a leaf here. And, you know, coming off of like movies like Aquaman and some of those that were actually pretty solid. Um, I am really excited 
for what they're doing in the next several years based off of this event. And I'm not into the TV shows really or the games or anything, but just from the movie's perspective, um, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. Yeah. I am absolutely behind what DC is doing now because I think they're getting their act together and they're fully, you know, they just walked in the room threw all of their cards on the table and was like, what do you think of them apples? <laughs> right? Exactly. And they're not afraid yeah. to show what they have going on. And they're going to make sure that next year, 2021, is going to be a year to remember for DC. And I think that honestly, from what they've learned from the past and just with the direction they're going in now, I think it's gonna be one to remember a year that will define the future of dc yeah i agree i feel like three of their maybe best films they've ever made are gonna come out within several months of each other yeah which is really cool on that note if you are vibing with what we're doing here then please check us out on Instagram at The Cinevibes. Or if you want to jump to the old email, you can send us one of those at thecinevibescast at gmail.com. Yeah, definitely send us your opinions on all of these trailers, what you're looking forward to, which film you know, give Trey some love with the uh, Wonder Woman, all right? <laughs> he, help him get out of those circles where they're just over here taunting him, all right? I'm going to ask a question on Instagram about Wonder Woman. I got to figure this out. <laughs> I have to get a poll done for it. So, yeah, definitely connect with us through email, Instagram, and, of course, wherever you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, whatever Apple says. I'm not an Apple person. But thank you so much for listening. It's been amazing. And we're out. Peace.